Um, so I was researching, uh, browsing through YouTube, how to sell on eBay. Again, another how-to video. And then I saw Hustler Hacks. And I saw one of the links to the article. So I'm like, man, this guy paid off his student lo- loans. That's real legit money, you know. And the biggest thing that I advise everybody, vet everybody. At least, you know, just don't believe what everybody say. Look at the results. And then I, I look at his journey. I look at his, you know, from thrifting to swap meets to garage sales. Now he's going to retail arbitrage. And then, you know, merch came up. And then he's, you know, growing on YouTube. I was like, man, this guy's got a track record, you know? So so I, I always commented on him. I was like, hey, this is a really cool video. So, I've you know, I've made myself notice. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Hey, wanted to talk a few moments about some sponsors. Scope from Seller Labs. Um, when's the last time you created a listing, right? And when you create that listing, you've got to come up with the keywords, right? It's all keyword dependent. I don't care if it's uh, private label or wholesale. You've got to get it right. Well, what's the best way to get it right? If you're selling a similar product that's really successful, you go and you take and use their keywords. And that's what Scope does for you. It's a phenomenal tool brought to you again by Seller Labs, the leaders in technology uh, when it comes to Amazon right now. They are just crushing it with all their products. But Scope allows you to get that listing right. Get ranked for those keywords as fast as possible. Therefore, you get the sales. So, Go to sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Use the code word momentum. Save a little bit of money. Get some free keywords to test. Try it out and see if you see an improvement. If you don't, adjust. What's cool about what I love about uh, Seller Labs is that you then message and say, hey, I didn't get this right, Tyler. Hey, Jeff, this isn't working right. What am I doing wrong? And boom you're going to get the help you need. And that's what you're going to get from Seller Labs. And, and it's a very special group. They've been very, I've been very fortunate to be connected with them. And again, I look over time, they've delivered every single time. You know, same thing I can say for Karen from Solutions for E-Commerce. I mean, she's been carrying my account for a couple of years now, um, and our account, my wife and I, and she really does handle things for us. Um, I mentioned uh, just last week, we created a new listing with forget how many variations. But again, all the flat files uploaded, done as I needed. I pop in, so she'll send me a template. I pop in some information and then boom, it's handled. Oh wait, these pictures weren't done right, blah, blah, blah. This UPC needs it. Boom, modified, adjusted. And again, the communication's been phenomenal too. I get an email pack saying, hey, this was done or this, you're missing this, Steve. Hey, you got to do this. So, you know, we have those challenges too. And that's why I like working with somebody who's been doing it and been doing it for a long time. Did you know Karen also does listings for eBay? Yep, lots of them. So if you want to build out that channel, which of course you should, it's Q4, you should be selling everywhere you can, um, Karen can help you with that too. So you got to tell her I've sent you. So you're going to go to solutions for e-commerce forward slash momentum. You're going to save 50 bucks every single month. You're going to save that $50. But more importantly, you're going to get an inventory health report. Um, did you just get hit with monthly long-term storage fees? Well, guess what? If you haven't, they're coming. 
You want to get that inventory right, and she can help you with that. You got to tell her I sent you. Again, solutions, the number four, e-commerce forward slash momentum, will get you into that. Save the 50 bucks. Get that inventory health report, though. That's really, really important. Get that going right away. And I don't want to miss my coach when it comes to retail orb or online orb. When I have a question, and I do, not that we don't we don't really do much of it anymore, but when I do have a question, I go to Gay Lisby. Because why? Because she's really... She is a coach. I mean, she's really phenomenal, but she also puts out a daily list and you're going to get that list five days a week. You're going to get tons of leads. The number of uh, agreed to amount that you're supposed to get, she, she usually gets to those in the four days and then the fifth day seems to be a bonus most of the time. Phenomenal group, small amount of uh, buyers where this list is going to. And the best thing is the nuggets that you learn. Hey, why is the red one better than the blue one? Gate can help you with those questions. I saw, hey, I got, um, I got a, the dreaded letter about a brand. Here's the, here's the way you approach it. Hey, receipts. Um, how do you? What's the best practice? I saw her leading instructions, teaching me, the accountant, how to do a better job with it, and it's phenomenal. So it's Gay Lisby's um, a million dollar selling. Um, I'll have the link in here. You've got to use. Um, the, my, my link, and, and it does help me. I don't want to say it that way, but um, it's part of Amazing Freedom with Andy Slamins, Lee Ron, Hirsch Korn, and Nate Slamins, so you know you can trust them, okay? So come out to the website, take a look at it, and you will get uh, savings, and you can get two weeks free right now. Only through my link, you get two weeks free. Try it. You don't like it? I get it. Back off. But right now is the time to make money. Get cash flow going right now. And so join, you get two weeks free. The only way you're going to get the two weeks free is if you use my link. It's on this episode. Come on out and give it a try. You will not be disappointed. Again, you're going to see me in there. So reach out if I can help you too. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. This is episode 352, Ken Gaetano. Uh, you'll know that name if you think of Hustler Hacks. Um, Ken and Glenn uh, work together on uh, YouTube on Hustler Hacks and the Out Hustled series, which we get into, which is very, very cool. Um, you absolutely want to listen to that part. And again, they're not selling anything. And I think when you get to that place of gratefulness for yourself and realize how lucky you are that you found this world, at least if this is for you, that you found this world and you're having some success with it, therefore you want to help others find this world if it's right for them too. And then you take that approach magically, amazing things start to happen for you. That is a formula that I've seen so many times. Um, they might not be the biggest sellers, but they love what they do. When changes happen, they just roll with them because they still consider how grateful they are. Um, one of the coolest things that came up in this conversation um, that Ken said, there were two things he said. One is when you come from not having a lot, you know everything you have. And when you know everything you have about you, skill sets, mannerisms, uh, things you like, and when you know everything and you have that inventory, man, then you just got to find a way to apply it. That is so powerful. Such a great interview. Such a great guy. Let's get into the podcast. Okay, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. We're excited about today's guest. It's a little bit of a different style interview because we're getting to see a student, um, somebody who was doing okay but wanted to do more, reached out, took some initiative, um, didn't sit and complain, put some effort, some energy in, and connected with somebody. And it's a fascinating story because you're going to hear what it takes to make these connections. One of the biggest questions I get, Steve, how do you get around these successful people? 
And I think uh, Ken is going to give you an example of what he was able to do um, with it. So welcome, Ken Gaetano. Welcome, Ken. Hi. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it a lot. Uh, you know, I met you in Chicago and you invited me and I was very eager to, uh, to hop on this thing with you. Well, I'm very eager because I'm excited about your story. Again, I'm always looking for a story because, you know, you, you, you guys talk to a lot of sellers, you and Glenn Zubia, right? You, you guys talk to a lot of people. You're out meeting a lot of people. And uh, my opinion, this is Steve's opinion, and I'm with you. I think you and I and a whole bunch of people out there are in alignment struggling just because we're not sure. We're, maybe that's the right word, unsure. Right, right. You know, not certain. Where it appears like Glenn, who's an outlier, I think, is so certain, or at least it comes across as that. And I know he's not, I know he's such a regular guy, but it just, you know, or Andy or these outliers that you get this vibe that they just have it all figured out mm -hmm. and they don't, but um, there's a whole group of us that, and myself included, that sit back and say, hmm, am I doing the right thing? I need some reinforcement. Maybe I need some other ideas. So I'm very interested in this story and I think it's a great example of what's possible, um, especially this time of year. So let's talk about you. How did you come into reselling? Well, a lot of it is, uh, well, so my, a short story, um, I, I moved here from the Philippines uh, five years ago. So I'm an immigrant. Uh, when me and my wife decided to uh, get married, um, we wanted to, you know, take uh, our relationship to the next level or maybe call it go on an adventure together. Uh, in the Philippines, I've always had businesses. Um, I had to always brick and mortar. I had a coffee shop. I, um, I was a sponsored race, uh, race car driver for two years. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then eventually I opened my car shop. So I could really say life was good. But in the back of my head, it was comf it was too comfortable. And I kind of have that uh, chip on my shoulders like, uh, you know, maybe I only am successful because of my parents' connection. Uh. Because I've lived here my whole life. Because, you know, my friends... Um, you know, help me build the business, uh, you know. So that's always in the back of my head. And I've always wondered, like, how do people make it when they just start from nothing? So so I, me and my wife decided it was either Australia or here. And it was a little bit more uh, comforting here. I'm in based in Cincinnati, Ohio now, because my dad have a, had a few, uh, you know, longtime friends. Um, they work in Procter & Gamble. And... They offered me to stay with them and me and my wife until we get our, you know, uh, uh, stuff together, uh, you know, get a job uh, and get, you know, get an apartment, something like that going. So I work at, in a call center industry. Uh, that was my first job ever in my life. Uh, I was 25 years old. So wait, so everything else was just entrepreneur at this point. You never had to answer to anybody but yourself yeah. and maybe, you know, family or friends or whatever. But but you didn't have a, a boss where you had to show right. up and, okay, yes. all right. So I, you know, so this was the first time I struggled so much uh, waking up at 7.30, you know, get ready, be at the office by 8.30. Um, that was that was a huge struggle for me. It was a change, you know, for 25 years, like you said. I really didn't have to answer to anybody, uh, and you know, I, this time I was just a follower. But it wasn't really a bad thing too, because um, at this point I didn't have 
any responsibility besides taking care of my duty. Well, uh, wait, let's stop there a second because this is important. Did it give you, I mean, were you missing, and be honest, look back, yeah. were you missing discipline at all? Or what was it that you, because you said it was a good thing. What right. were specific some of the things that, that you gained from working for somebody else? R really, that was it. You know, the discipline and building a habit. Uh, oh. That was, that was a key for me because, like I said, you know, I want to the business whenever I wanted to or whenever I needed to. So, you know, there were times I can work late. There were times I can, you know, uh, work early, clock off late, clock off early. And, you know, I pretty much, you know, and also had a secretary. So it was, it wasn't really, you know, it was filled. If it could be like, so someone could say like, I got it figured out. Right. Hmm. But, but going into this job and this was the entry level job. I was, I was on the phones. Uh, this was, you know, the lowest uh, entry point. And I had to learn, I had to learn a whole new industry that, that was foreign to me. Um, this was actually the first time I Googled a how-to, and I went to YouTube and typed how-to. How how hard difficult was that for you? Because it sounds like you're like you know you're pretty entrepreneurial. It sounds like you've been able to figure all that stuff out. How especially as a guy, right. it's like you had to ask for help. Yeah, yeah. nobody yeah. asks for help. We're guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's the right. truth. Um, you know, it was it was humbling. Ah. That's you know that's a good word to describe it uh, and you know we had two weeks training and it was very uh, hard training because you had to have a sales goal it was it's one of the it's one of the hardest uh, campaigns to work in um, hence be that's why it is in the US base uh, you know as we know a lot of the call centers are outsourced outside uh, this was a sales job. So do you, now you do sound, you do understand that it does sound a little uh, ironic. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, a Filipino, a Filipino coming to the U.S. Right. to get a VA job in essence. You know, it's it sounds yeah, a little funny. Exactly. So you know, and I, I ask. I mean, everybody was asking like, "What do you do there now?" I was like, oh, "I'm a call center agent." <laughs> and then they just I'm like, "Well, you could have stayed here and work at the call centers here." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah, so that funny. Was, yeah, it was funny, and then. Um, and you know you get the stereotypical, and they would always assume that I was out of state, or that I was out, out of, of the country. Hundred percent. Try to sell them, so kind of you know prove them <laughs> that I'm I'm local somewhat. You know I'm in the U.S., so I had to learn that. But the biggest thing there was really uh, uh, going back to learning. Uh, you know um, I graduated. Uh, with a bachelor's degree, but this time, none of that applied to what I was doing. And, you know, times were changing, technology were changing. And I had, that was the first time I actually had to YouTube and said, how to sell over the phone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that was the most humbling way, really. And then I started, you know, um, learning about how to mirror the person that you're talking to how to relate with a customer, how to empathize, how to feel their pain, how to, you know, find a solution together. Uh, uh, it was really getting to know your customers really a lot because 
um, our our sales goal was one sale every ten hours. Hmm. The our campaign was that hard, so you could be in the phone for one full day and not have a sale. Oh, that's got to be painful. Yes, very painful. Uh, I think our uh, our answer rate was very few. I think our answer rate was like twenty percent. So like, <laughs> you know. More than half of your day is just trying to dial and getting hang up on. <laughs> so, yeah, but but you know, I I continue to research the YouTube. Well, let me thing. ask you this because yeah. I think this is a place where most people would give up. So, like you said, you're getting four four sales a week in essence is what the quote is, right? Forty hours, yeah. four sales a week. Right, right. As you say, that means, um, and a sale might take ten minutes. That means that in theory, you know. 39 hours and 20 minutes is no, yeah. no, or nothing, or just never yeah. contact. Mm -hmm. How do you push past that to all those things you described about learning, all those skills and traits? I think most people would just do a YouTube video. All right, and I'm guilty. This is Steve talking about himself. So I mean, I'm not putting anybody else. It's Steve. It'd be like, okay, how do I do this? How do I get that printer toner reloaded? <laughs> so I look up that exactly. Just tell me exactly, and then I do it, and then I forget it, and I move on. That's what most people do with almost every single skill set. What you're describing, though, is investing time, and I think you named eight different things about customer service and customer management and sales. How do, how do you keep that up? How do you focus? How do you stay? Uh, how do you pay attention? Maybe that's the best way to say it. Right. Well, the biggest thing, um, I, I just my personality is I just want to win. That's my mentality, and I, I want to set a goal, and I want to achieve it. Um, so within that two-week time, I I graduated kind of top on our training. Uh, we were uh, required to get seven sales uh, during the two-week period, um, and I got 18 sales. Oh, wow. So just, you know, just I was just motivated after that. And then, so our sales per hour was 0.10, and then my my performance at its highest was 0.33. So oh, wow. more than tripled the uh, required sales, and and I got I got really good at it. And they moved me up to a sales coach, and then moved me up to a supervisor because. They didn't want to pay me commission. <laughs> commission was up to fifty bucks a sale, and then I would I would get so much in commission that you know there was like I guess we need to use this guy for skill transfer. But I really did it not because of the money, because of the really hard, challenging task that was in front of me every day. Um, it really kept me going. Um, Let me I, ask you a question about this because yeah. I think it's important. When you when before you were moved up to sales trainer, what was it that you would say would be the one thing that you were doing right that the others weren't? I mean, you, can you isolate it? To, because then I guess when you made it to a sales trainer, you were trying to bring out the best yeah. in others, right? Um, what was yeah. it that you were bringing out? It was really overcoming obstacles that the customers were throwing, throwing at us. So it could be very situational. It could be just a no, you know, like I don't like it. And then I would really just go the extra mile and I would address that no. Why no? You know, uh, what is it that you have right now uh, that you didn't have with us before? So I would really discover what the pain was. So part of that, yes, it could be like a very tactical thing, uh, overcoming an obstacle. But personally, 
it was just overcoming laziness and giving up easy. A lot of, you know, call center agents that I trained just gave up and 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 just like okay you know just like uh, this customer won't buy you know like well, they just jump that forward yeah. to e-commerce i mean mm-hmm. would you say because you guys talk to a lot of sellers you and glenn on your show i mean when is that can is that the way it is in e-commerce yeah. too oh interesting yeah very very relevant i think uh hmm. e-commerce is hard too so was you know that job that i had um I say me and Glenn uh, kind of like have found this formula that every three months we'll get a new wave of resellers because that's just like the turnaround. It's like if it was a job, every three months people will quit. Uh, so in the business, every three months people would either quit the the niche or quit the platform or quit the industry at all and go back to what they were doing before. Hmm. It 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 frustrates me to see that because I you know I use that example of acres of diamonds where people are so close to figuring it yeah. out right because we yeah. all of I mean I don't care who they are even the outliers have cl- something clicked and pe- and it clicks for different people in different ways um, and they get so close to it they can almost taste it and then it goes and then they're like oh this is just way too hard no yeah. I mean when you think about you know, you're having a really great year, you know, you're doubling your business and it doesn't sound like you're putting a lot more effort into it. Things get easier, right? Like anything else, right? Hmm. Yeah, that's frustrating to see. Okay, so so for you, you you started to excel, they recognize talent, you, they bring you up and they say, hey, help us develop more talent. And then they make you the dreaded manager. Supervisor? I'm sorry. Um so so this was actually uh I wanted this because I was the the youngest out of the managerial position or you know I was the youngest and I was the fastest to come up. This this company is probably like thirty years old already and a lot worse a lot more senior than me and everything like that. So this was the first time I experienced uh, corporate politics. Oh, he's too young. Uh, Who does he think he is coming in here and moving up too fast? For me, I was like, wow, that's how low you guys go? I thought this was a performance-based uh, uh, company. And and th- started getting hate, you know? Well, and- yeah, let's talk about that for a second because I think that also transfers over to e-commerce. Yeah. What is it that causes that? Is that a self-esteem issue for others? Because you're making yeah. them look bad just because you're successful and you're not singling them out saying, Steve, I'm a much better seller. You're just having success. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just insecurity, yeah. you know? Uh, it's like, man, how's this guy doing this and I'm not? But the bottom line is this guy's, you know, putting in the effort and trying to learn something and you're not. And a lot of people is like in the complacency level already or complacency season, right? Like you said, the more you get better, uh, the easier it gets. And the easier it gets, the less change you want. So do you think uh, some of that is some people, I mean, I, and I say this all the time, we only put out the good things that happen. We don't tell you when I drop things off my warehouse <laughs> shelving and I drop and I lose half the stuff. I never show that stuff. Nobody does, right? And so people start to, we think we're the Instagrammers, right? Or people yeah. start to see they're the only, the, you know, everything, the lighting's just right. The highlights. Yeah, the highlights. <laughs> highlights. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's a good way. 
Do you think that's missing in our world? I, I really think so. Um, mm. uh, I, I think, you know, just the social media itself, uh, a lot of people are drawn to the highlight, right? The positive, the good, the success. That's good. But I think what we're missing a lot is highlighting the 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 grind to get there. Uh, uh. You know, and I think this is such a really good way for people to learn and get to know people, uh, you know, listening to podcasts. Uh, well, let me ask you a question, and because I think you have another good example. You were in business, a whole bunch of businesses in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Now, it did they were they instant successes? Was anything that you've ever yeah. done instantly successful? No, not no. at all. Uh, I, my first ever uh, business was in the street corner selling fruits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just the typical selling fruits. And and I, be, before I became a sponsor driver, it was one year of hard labor, of practicing, of learning. And my wife can attest to this now, but she saw me, you know, pretty much close to just eating tires. <laughs> I was just that dedicated. So a lot of it was just hard labor. I mean, yeah, businesses, but I've had a lot of businesses that failed too, lost a lot of money, you know. Um, told myself before 21, before I become 21, I want to have, you know, I want to make $20,000. So in the Philippine money, that was big. Hmm. And then I get to 21, I was $20,000 $20, in debt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you hit your goal. Unfortunately, I hit it was the my wrong goal. Way. I said, "I want to make." Yeah, I did probably make that. Yes, it went through my hands, but I lost it all. <laughs> when you when you think about that, and then you apply it to this e-commerce world, I mean, I, I think, and I think there's a good point, and I think maybe it's me who has a little bit of a, a following to to remind people that you know this is a this is the long game. I always hear Gary Vee say that all the time. It's it's the right. long game. You got to play. You know, imagine if I said to you, Ken. In three, let's, let's say five years, you're going to have a million dollar business, and you can, and you, if if you run it right, and yeah. you, you probably can get to a twenty percent margin. Mm-hmm. Okay, a million dollars, twenty percent is two hundred k, and you get all the perks of owning a business. And, and I'm not going to get into that, but but yeah. let's just say that. But it's going to take you five years, yeah. and you're going to have to put up, you know, thirty thousand dollars of investment, and right. you know you're going to have to work a hundred hours a week for mm-hmm. five years, but you're now a million dollar business earning 200k and it's a lifestyle business at that point mm-hmm. how many of us would sit back and say okay i'm ready i'll do it in five years i can but it's going to absolutely take you five years it's not going to do it in two right. uh, you know what what would your friends say what would you say if you if you went to your pool of friends that are not in e-commerce and if you said that to them how many of them you think would take the plunge huh. not a lot not a lot Probably nobody that I know right now, because everybody that that saw my move, of seen my move, said you're crazy. <laughs> so, They're not willing to do what you do. Yeah, for yeah. Um, hmm. I I think that that is just such a, a big statement right there that we're not willing. Five years now in the Philippines, if you and I don't know what a million dollar equivalent in the Philippines is, but but realistically, if I would have said to you in the Philippines, hey, how many of your how many of those businesses that you saw around you were doing the equivalent of a million dollars in U.S. money and Filipino money? How many? Not a lot. Not no. much. None. Just about. 
Yeah, you had to be very up. Right, right. Top 1%. Yeah, at the top, top, top 1%, right? And then how many of them are getting 20% margins on that um, in retail? Good luck, right? Mm -hmm. So why, why do we expect, why is it so unreasonable to expect that somebody comes into this world and they're, they're, they feel like a failure because they're not doing a million dollars when they see, you know, uh, you doing a million dollars and they're sitting there saying, oh, you know, geez, I just don't know. I mean, I can only do, I only did, you know, you know, 20,000 this month. I mean, I only yeah. did 240,000, man, I suck. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> I, I tell everybody the people that get paid the most are the people that are specialists hmm. and people that become a specialist take time. Let's talk about in the medical field. Who becomes a doctor? Take what, seven years, eight years to get there? Mm-hmm. And what about neurosurgeons? What about lawyers? Uh, what about more specific, um, let's say, you know, the higher level data analysts in the IT field? Took them a while. I'd say at least you have four years of a bachelor's degree in some two or four two to four years of specialization so that's just saying let's just say what six years right of giving up and your time and learning it oh so there's a good example so our example of the million dollars in five years you're right. saying that it's the same oh yeah that's good yeah and then why is it okay for us for a person to go six years and give up his life for six years to go to college learn a degree become a special specialist and then you get a good job right it's the norm so you spend more time in school the higher degree you get the more money you get paid translate that to the reselling or any business why is everybody so patient wants something done in two years mm-hmm. <laughs> they think and, it, i think they think it's going to go away i think that's part <laughs> of it you know what i mean i think there's a fear that it's going to huh? be this can't be real ken this can't be real. It's, it's it could go it. away, hmm. but you know that's that's the game. That's the business. Uh, next thing you know, I could get kicked out on the platforms I'm selling from eBay and Poshmark, and then what now? Maybe then I learn Amazon. Maybe then I start selling other platforms. There's other opportunities. A lot of a lot of people's perspective are too focused on the obstacles instead of focusing on opportunity. I think what you just said, I hopefully gave some clarity. What you just described is becoming a specialist. Now, are you becoming a specialist selling sneakers or selling toothbrushes or selling toothpaste? No, no. You're becoming a specialist in in learning how to buy correctly and then market or sell that product, right? That's the specialization. I mean, would you go even deeper than that? Yeah, I I mean, last year, I focus on sporting goods category, 100% sporting goods category. I learn all kinds of sports, soccer, football, track, even rowing, even uh, you know discus, all the sports um, that that people need equipment for. I've gone deep to it, and as a result, Steve, I was top 10% seller hmm. on eBay for sporting goods category last year, my first year. By focusing, by by focusing. niching down, becoming the specialist. Yeah, but putting in the time though, right? It took yeah. you a year. Oh, yeah, a year, but it felt like two years because <laughs> it was twenty four seven. I mean, I'm I'm sleeping good now. Before, 
I would never sleep. It was four hours of YouTube channel, YouTube University every night. Well, yeah, let's talk about that because I think this is where this is this is very helpful to people. What you're describing, if somebody's struggling, you know, because somebody will ask us, Steve, what do you sell? And I'm like, I'm like everybody, we sell everything. And it's like, okay, now if you said, Steve, do you sell everything well? The answer is, heck no. We sell a few things well. So guess what? Why aren't we niching down? Why aren't we doing that 80-20 rule, right? Why aren't we looking at that and saying, to be honest with you, right? So when you describe what you, what you described about learning the, um, the sporting goods, walk us through how you approach that because I think it's very, very helpful. So a lot of it was identifying really the stores that were available in my area. Um, so I, I'm, I have uh, three Nike outlets around my area. You know, Nike is very big. Uh, it is a brand that's already marketed itself. So I really didn't have to worry about marketing. People will look for Nike stuff. So then I just went. I, I, during the first, first, I think, three to six months, I was spending at least an hour per store. I was just researching each product per store. This and is it, why you guys are such sneaker nerds. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. when I sit there and watch you guys, I'm always like, how the hell do they know all this stuff? I'm, yeah. I'm double your age, and I'm like, I don't know that stuff. I'm like, ah, yeah. I get so, it. So really putting in the work. I mean, I knew sneakers, you know, the Jordans, the basketball sneakers. But I didn't know anything about football cleats, baseball cleats, soccer cleats, track cleats. I didn't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that um, they were in the same category. But it doesn't say it doesn't mean that I knew sneakers. I knew other shoes. So I still had to learn that. A lot of people say like, "Oh, you're a sneaker guy. That's why you know all of this." No, um, that I had to learn all of that. When you think about the amount of time to put in to learn football cleats, because it's it's a big deal. I mean, the football right. cleats are a great, a good example, right? It it could be the difference, you know, between a good and great player, right? That small percentage, exactly. any any little edge that they can get, but not all fo football cleats. And I think this is a good example. They're not created equal. Nope. And so learning that, because when you go in, um, what do we have by us? Oh, what's the name of that sporting goods shop, shop? Oh, I cannot think of the name. It's not Dick's. We have that, but it's a, it's a, um, uh, it's a, it's now, it's a, it's a pretty good size store. It's regional. I think they're based out of Pittsburgh, but they do a lot of liquidation and stuff. Oh, um, uh, whatever it is. Anyway, you'll go in there and sometimes they'll have cleats for two bucks. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we should buy them because $2. Right. Yeah, if they never sell, I mean, if there's a reason that they're at $2 in a store that sells sporting goods that lots of athletes are going in and they're still not buying them, that might be the clue that that might not be the right item, right? And so knowing, now, that also means that when you go in there and if you know what you're doing, you could clean up because you're saying, yeah. I'll take the, you'll cherry pick, I guess is the cherry right way to say yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, hmm. that's, that's how if you guys, you know, uh, watch Out Hustled, me and Glenn hardly just pick up the phone and research that because you know we've we've you know we've kind of like have an eye for it already. And in in two years or a year, I guess was your example. One year you can hone your skills if you niche down. In that example, you can hone your skills to be able to not have to do a lot of research. 
Yeah. That's a big deal. So that's a really I, big deal. Yeah, I mean, I you became a specialist, and once you become a specialist, you have the confidence in you, and. Of course, I made mistakes. It wasn't all good buys. I mean, I still have cleats that I've bought way, way back. <laughs> and it's just a reminder for me that it's humbling. I still see it in my eBay store. Oh, you get and, cocky at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mess up on this big time, you know. And then and then, just the research was very important. And, and then, you know, I've learned that lesson once. And now, you know, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Why now? Let me ask this about you, because you're having consistent growth. I mean, you're having to you're going to double your sales, but why aren't you tripling, ten xing? Why aren't you going and doing? You know, instead of working eight hours a day, Ken, why don't you work twenty three hours? Right. Why aren't you willing to do that? I think it's important. Yeah, um, a lot of it this year actually, me and the for the last thirteen months, me and Glenn have dedicated quite some time uh, to be on YouTube and to be on to be with uh, other people in their conferences and speaking um, I think at that point after that sh small success that I had last year I wanted to help more people more than making more money what does that do for you because I think that's really important it's not like you're selling anything I mean what what does yeah. it do for you I mean Honestly, I, I don't sell anything. I I share a dream, a goal, a passion that I have within me with whoever's willing to take part of it. Because at the end of the day, Steve, it's not really about the money that you make. It's about the impact that you've made. So that's very important to me. I really considered myself, I consider myself if there's one thing that that I want to be known for, I want to be the most helpful person. Hmm. So, I've we've dedicated a lot of time out out hustled series takes a lot of time, about five five days a month we're out, and that could be some good time sourcing or just doubling down, and we just want to show the people within their area which city we're going. That yes, you may not find whatever in finding, but you do have this in your area. So we've dedicated that full year time, uh, and we can talk more about. Later. Yeah, no, I definitely want to dig deeper in this because and, I think this. I don't think yeah. people know about this. So the the basic premise is this. So you guys have been talking about this and training people, and I'm sure the feedback is like, yeah, but you guys live in great areas, Ken. We don't have <laughs> yeah, right. that, right? Um, how many times have you heard that? They they just don't give all, us those store managers don't give us yeah. better pricing. This doesn't right. exist. And so all your premise is you guys travel at your own expense mm -hmm. out to an area, and you yeah. come to Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and be like, all right, Steve, let's go. And there's, uh, is there an amount of time, an amount of money? How does it work? So, so we just, honestly, we go in there blind. We just GPS our way around and mm. just find as much deals as we can. So we, we usually spend three days of sourcing, hard sourcing. Uh, there are days we visit 28 to 35 stores. Um, and it's just like the kind of like the, the, the story is like, if I go hard, what will I find? So it's called out hustle because it's either we out hustle the city or the city out hustle us. Hmm. So so far we've never lost money. We've 
I think two trips we broke even. So it was still a lesson learned there. So um, that that was. That so was- breaking even, it while that might be humbling, right? A, a, but the cool news is you're building up the people in that town. All of a sudden, they realize they are something. Because yeah. they measured themselves against you, and they didn't lose. Now, they might not have won, but it doesn't right. matter. They didn't lose. They weren't losers. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. That's building people up, Ken. Do you realize yeah, what a life that you could be changing for people? I mean, have you guys thought about that? that that's that's really the, the bottom line of this, Steve. Hmm. Um, I mean, that's our heart, and that's why me and Glenn just work together. I mean, we don't sell courses. We don't sell anything. <laughs> we, sell you to, we sell you yourself. We sell you that you believe in yourself. We sell you that hard work matters. We sell you that consistency matters. We sell you that it's possible. Oh, Jesus, you give me the chills, dude. You give me the chills. Because it, it's who's it, who's willing to invest? You know, and I kind of consider myself that way. You're willing to invest in others with no expectation. To me, that's the calling of life, right? Is, you know, whether you're religious or not, that's loving everyone where they are. And helping, but you're back to hence being the supervisor, being that right. sales trainer. Yeah. You're bringing the best out of people that more than likely they can't see, but yeah. it's so obvious for you. Oh, dude, that is so cool. Yeah. How about your relationship with Glenn? How does that, has that helped? Not, not that it was a challenge. I mean, how yeah. deeper when you see the light go on in other people's eyes and you and him both were part of it, how deeper does your relationship get? Oh, it's it's amazing. I mean, me me and I just talks like, man, like this wouldn't be possible without the opportunity that we have now with social media, with the internet age and stuff like that. I mean, I was just a regular fan of his YouTube channel that contacted him. I mean, I didn't contact him yeah, straight. Talk about that. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about that because I so, think that's people ask me all the time. Yeah. Can how do I you know you're you you and Andy are such good friends. How do you yes. get an Andy around in my life? Yeah. So, so what I did was just, um, so I was researching, uh, browsing through YouTube, how to sell on eBay. Again, another how-to video, and then I saw Hustler Hacks, and I saw one of the links to the article. I'm like, man, this guy paid off his student loans. That's real legit money, you know. And the biggest thing that I advise everybody, vet everybody at yeah, least. Right. You know, just don't believe what everybody say. I look at the results and then I, I look at his journey I look at his you know from thrifting to swap meets to garage sales now he's going to retail arbitrage and then you know merch came up and then he's you know growing on YouTube I was like man this guy's got a track record you know so so I, I always commented on him I was like hey this is a really cool video so I've you know I've made myself notice and that's what everybody should do comment support like I mean, for for people, we I mean, just because a person has over ten thousand, twenty thousand followers, doesn't mean they don't notice you. Eventually, they'll notice you. And he's like, you know. And then I had the cool Hustle B logo, a yellow logo. And he sees that on the live chat. He sees it and stuff. And he's like, oh, like Hustle B's always here watching. So he noticed that. And and I ask him this. Said, dude, was there anything that stood out for me? Said, really, on the start, nothing until I saw results because I was just another guy that was asking him for tips. But, but I wasn't the guy asking him, should I buy this? You know, I, I learned how to research. 
And then when I met well, him... Well, can I stop a second? I just want to I, get this point, because yeah. I think that's important. You were asking him, was there a way you were asking him? I think if that's the case, that would be helpful, I think, for people. Yeah, I, I think it was... To get better answers, you have to get better. You have to ask better questions. Mm. So my questions were a lot, you know, a lot more detail in depth. So instead of saying, "Should I buy this?" I asked him, uh, based on your experience, what have been the best days or the best sales that you've been to? A lot more specific. A lot more based on his experience, because. He definitely can answer that, you know. Um, I'm not asking him like, "What store do you go to?" You know, like. Um, yeah, yeah, because that's I'll, that's yeah, like was, asking somebody. I mean, that's way too personal for yeah. a relationship at that point. I think right, that's a at great. That point, advice, right, you're yeah. just a stranger, you know. So at that point, I was just trying to find out his habits. Anybody can share his habits, and any anybody's willing to share his habits, and so I did that, and also too. I've watched all his YouTube videos hmm. that was related to reselling. So I did that and I pretty much liked all of him after I, I, I watched him. And then, you know, I went out of my way. I went to Chicago to meet him, you know, um, and, and you know, we talked. And then we, I said, we'll go to a Nike outlet and I observe him. I see how he works. And at this time I was, I was coming up already and, that next month, I hit twenty four thousand in sales, something like that, and and he's like, "Man, you've grown a lot. Um, I want to in- interview you in my channel." And I was actually the first one he interviewed in his YouTube channel. And after that, we just hit it off. The next month, he said, "Hey, Ken, I got this crazy idea. We should do this thing that we go to different city hmm. and and you know, basically the whole uh, hustle thing." And I was like, "Man, I had." I literally had the exact same idea, but I didn't know how to tell him. You know, I was just a nobody. Yeah, you didn't um, feel you didn't yeah, feel, didn't feel uh, yeah. good enough, right? There's yeah, that self-esteem. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. So I was like, I was very hesitant. And then at this point, it was just you know, paycheck to paycheck, bootstrapping it. You know, just reinvesting profits. It's like let's go to Houston next month. I was like, man, how am I gonna come up with this money? You know, buying airfare and everything like that. And I just said. Yes, let's do it. And then I said, I'll figure out the money later. <laughs> I'll make a way. So actually, my our first flight, I don't think he knows this. My first flight was actually, I reached out to my parents. I said, hey, mom, dad, you guys have extra mileage points on your, uh, <laughs> in your planes, on, your, uh, on Delta, because they have the Delta thing. I said, I really have this project going on with the Glenn. Like, so I said, oh, that's awesome, son. Here you go. So they bought me that ticket. So that helped me a lot. So um, I really just didn't give up of my current situation and tried to overcome that obstacle and saw more opportunity out of it. And after that, I mean, we just hit it off and we just started working more together. You invested a lot in that relationship. If everybody just listened to that and go back and listen to it again, do you hear all along you you were you taking anything from Glenn, like, you know, uh, you were, you were putting into the relationship, is that and you know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, that's just so important. That's one of the things that I think when you know, if you just come in to suck all the life out of somebody, 
um, without putting anything in, you know, or I always tell my boys to have friends, you got to be a friend, right? To, right. to have love, you have to love, right? Um, so that's a very cool story. And so again, this is how, when people ask me all the time, well, how do you get a group? How do you get trusted people? Mm-hmm. I think Ken just described a great way to get to <clears throat> two people who you didn't consider yourself worthy of. Right. For sure. That's for sure when it started. I mean, nobody knew me. He didn't know me. I didn't have any track record. But, you know, I I built a track record. So, Well, yeah. and now, now it's so far, you know, you're so far down the rabbit hole now. You're, you're oh, out yeah. there uh, in public, and uh, it's very cool. When you think about, you know, I'm thinking about other sellers again, and I, I think you're a great example of just pushing past that point. Again, niching down. I mean, you gave some amazing advice. Niching down, but learning it, putting in the real time, putting down the effort. As you said, scan everything in a store, even if you're not buying anything. Just go and exactly. look and look and look and look. I, you know, it's funny. I, I use this example when I um, when I was selling like antique things, and I remember going and buying things because they were old and they never sold, and I couldn't understand why until I go to an antique mall. And I think this is a great example. If anybody should do this, if you have an antique mall in your town, which I'm sure you do. Just walk through and start to notice things. And if you notice the same thing at more than one booth, yeah. you realize it's not scarce. Therefore, yeah. it probably doesn't have value, mm-hmm. right? And that took me a long time to understand. I'd be like, oh, these Red Rider cups, these stupid little coffee cups or mugs or whatever, hot chocolate mugs probably. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And they never sell because I'd start noticing. I'm like, wait, that's the ninth one I've seen. Huh. So your description about going and learning and learning and learning those those football cleats or the soccer cleats and all those yeah. differences, and then having them ready to sell as the seasons come along in the right sizes, because that's another piece of the art, right, yep. is what sizes sell. Well, you know, but you should buy all the outlying sizes. Size 15 sells. Well, no. That, yeah. Does it? Yeah, it does. Size, Glenn, Glenn, always the king of big sizes. He sold a size twenty one in men's. Oh my god! But and he didn't buy. He didn't buy twenty. I guess that's where I was going. No, buy. no. He I didn't mean, buy twenty. Was, yeah, the size was hard enough to find. Right. And it was the first time he saw it, so he took the gamble. Said, "Well, if in the last year I've only found one of these, that means it was rare." And oh, okay. so he he's the king of big sizes. I'm the king of small sizes, and I've never known this, but there was there's a size four men's. Soccer cleats. Really? That I bought men's. for 20 bucks. Not yeah, kids. Men's. Yeah, because kids will have a 4Y, 5Y, right? It will have the youth in it. This was men's. Mm. And I bought it for 20 bucks and we sold it for 120 bucks because Jeez. it was rare. Love it. But that's, again, knowing that it's rare because you put in the time and you've looked and looked and looked and said, huh, this is, this is not something I've seen before. This right. is unusual. There is yeah. scarcity there. <laughs> Love it. When you look at your skill sets that you bring um, to the business, that you've seen others that that didn't recognize they have it. Can you give us some examples of things that you've been able to to build others up with? Uh, uh, you, you know what I mean? Where they they thought they were nothing, and then it's like, wait a second, you have this, you have this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are too focused on what they don't have. Um, you know, growing up from a third world country. Um, you had to find out what you had. You know, you were a lot of oh, it. Oh, wait, you were aware of every single thing you had. <laughs> so, 
So, really? I mean, yeah. it, when you said that statement, I mean, it, it's so, like, I lose stuff in my wear. I mean, I found a pallet of Legos. Everybody laughs at me when I say this. This is the God's honest truth. I found a pallet of Legos that I bought, like, a year or two years ago. Yeah. I mean, that's how much stuff I have. I have no clue what I have. And you're yeah. describing you knew everything. Oh, that's interesting. So, I mean, it was, it was a matter of growing up, it was like survival. I knew every clothes I had. I knew what, what was the most expensive one. I knew what was, you know, um, the least expensive. And also I did, you know, I, I protected the most expensive one. And that goes to you, me personally. What do I have the most in me that, that will help me oh, push through any obstacle? Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean you have personal, you know your personal stock in addition, yeah. oh man, Ken, you just went deep, dude. That's <laughs> and, deep. And, and I think that was more important. And early, early, I discovered I'm a com- competitor. I I joined any competition that that I that was presented to me growing up. I mean, from from track to to math to spelling bee to to whatever. I mean, even cooking cooking competition i tried <laughs> so i discovered that in me that man i'm a competitor so but here's the thing a lot of people are competitor but grow as you grow up less and less competition you're going to be willing to risk on you're not willing to pay the price exactly there's a cost exactly hmm. but but a lot of when i when you talk about competition a lot of people says like oh this is you know the running competition sports right but we're actually like the famous uh you know quotes would say you're only competing against yourself right but when on during on a competition who decide where the finish line is hmm. ask yourself who decides nobody but you so unless you put a mark on where the finish line is, I don't think you're going to be as excited to compete against yourself. Hmm. These barriers that we put up, that's mm-hmm. um, a lot of it comes from where what we're worried about what other people think. Would exactly. you agree? 100%. I mean, that was the biggest thing that freed me up when I moved to a different country oh. where nobody knew me. No kidding. You could be, I mean, did you have a vision of who you, who you were and what the world saw you as, and then you got to come here? What, 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 uh, persona did you take on? For here, nobody knew who I was. Nobody, even in my job, nobody knew I had a bachelor's degree. I hid it. I said, I don't want them to see me as what I have accomplished. I want them to see me as me and what I do daily. Hmm. A lot, a lot of people, you know, because when you put that on yourself or when others see that in you, that's pressure. That's peer pressure. Um, uh, growing up, uh, I'm not going to, you know, we were in a well-off family. Uh, my, my family had a last name. You know, my family were a little known. So I had to act on that pressure. And I had to perform on a certain level that I wouldn't disappoint anybody. And I think that's something that we allow, right? 
When you came here, like you said, nobody knew who you were. Yeah. Did that allow you to take more chances and, and, and risks? 100%. I mean, mm. when I came here, I said, I kind of had the, the mentality, like, I really don't have anything to lose. You know, it's but everything to gain. Um, but that's why I encourage people, you know, I mean, back then when I started, I had that mentality. But slowly... You know, within the reselling community, the social media, as you slowly start to feel pressure because now people know who you are. People know what you do. And then you put that pressure on yourself. Uh, then you feel, you know, the pressure to do something, to make a post, to share a story, to create a content. But really, the last, you know, I say six months, I've took a step back and only did something that was important to me me and my wife and nothing else hmm. that's a maturity isn't it to be disciplined because you know you get keyboard muscles they call them right everybody has yeah. an opinion right i mean i'm not yeah. i'm guilty of that i have an opinion about everything and i i don't do negativity i mean i, right. I would i want to build people up but still by trying to build somebody up and you know pointing out um Pointing out my the way I say my L's or something S's yeah. I think is one you know it's like all right I mean okay <laughs> sorry that's me that yeah. doesn't help me you know somebody said once in a while send me a note and I'm like hey I'm sorry but that's the way I talk I, I apologize <laughs> you know I get it I get it you know all right it's a very cool story again I think there's there's a whole bunch of lessons here again you have to put yourself out there you have to be vulnerable you have to be willing to say. You don't know everything. Here you are, a college graduate. You've uh, you considered yourself not that big of a, a deal, not that big of a seller. Mm -hmm. Even though I would sit back and argue that you have some amazing traits that you brought to this world, um, and they're learned, right? You earned them, um, but you sell yourself short because you're a guy, and that's what we do, right? <laughs> but now you get to invest in others and i just think that that's the lesson right there and you you've kind of found your your lane almost right yep. i mean and i'm sure you drift out of it like everybody else mm -hmm. but that's a that's a cool place to get to all right so the goal of this podcast is to help people oh oh wait before i do that let's pitch the show because it's such a cool place to watch and again when you guys go to another city and then it's a competition because again you're competitive mm -hmm. uh, but it's a friendly competition you guys go to a town and um, buy and sell so right. you can pay for your trip, but then just to say who won, right? There's no right. winner prize other than... Yeah, it's like whoever makes the most money, which city we've out-hustled the most. And so this, uh, this uh, what, what's the name of the show? Because I want to get So that. it's called Out Hustled. Um, it's, you know, the thing is uh, a kind of slogan, if we can out-hustle the city or if the city out-hustles us. And this um, is on it, YouTube, right? This is on YouTube, uh, Hustler Hacks YouTube channel. Uh, I'm a, uh, uh, a mentor of mine, uh, a friend, and uh, has become a partner uh, with this journey, and uh, Glenn Zubia Jr. Yeah, uh, I've had Glenn on um, before, and I just yes. love his story. I mean, I just I love his his figuring himself out. And just yeah. why is he excelling? Because he's figured himself out. Mm, dude. This is deep. If somebody has a follow-up question for you, I know they can reach you at Hustler Hacks or on the Out Hustle YouTube. Yeah. Is there anywhere else? Um, can so, I put your yeah, Facebook I am, contact? No. Yeah, I am mainly uh, uh, in Instagram. Uh, okay. That's my social media. 
uh, with reselling. So it's at the hustle bee. Uh, so you can uh, DM me. Uh, I proud myself that I answer all DMs. Okay. Even though, e- even if I'm sending you a Google link that you can Google yourself, I still want to help you. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, contact me there, and my email is there too as well. So you can email me for more detailed questions and stuff like that. All right, so it's at at the Hustle B on Instagram, and I'll have all these links. And then Hustler Hacks is the YouTube channel you share with Glenn, and then Out Hustled is the series you guys are doing where you travel. I mean, think of how cool that is. Coming in, they could come to your town. You yeah. can invite them, uh, but you might not like what they do because that might be humbling. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, it's okay to be humbled. That's another takeaway I'm taking away from this uh, episode: is it's okay to be humbled. Um, sometimes that's what motivates you. If that's the kick in the ass you need. And you can figure it out and you move forward. And Ken doesn't want anything for doing that. That's very cool to me. All and right. Yeah, one one of the quotes that I live by, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> no, no doubt. That is so smart. All right, so the goal of the podcast is to help people get past the point of stuck. And I think you guys have seen quite a bit of the same thing that I see is people just don't realize what they have in them. What's your best advice for somebody who's at that place right now? You know, I, I always tell everybody, everybody's trying to look to find the better business, the better category, the better whatever. I always tell myself, get yourself better first. So instead of looking outward, look inward. And, you know, one of the questions here that you sent me, Steve, was where are the books that, you know, I read help me the most? Um, one of the biggest recommendations I give to everybody is the, it's a small book. It's a small orange book by Peter Drucker. He's a one of the greatest management guru, um, you know, in all in in history. It's called managing oneself. If you don't know your strengths, your weaknesses, and sometimes we might know, sometimes we we don't know what we're good at and what we don't like and what we suck at. So identifying that within yourself. And pursuing something that makes you truly happy. Once you go inward and ask yourself, what really truly makes me happy? And then align it with discovering what am I good at? What am I skillful at? Like for me, I discovered that I'm competitive. So I'm good at making finish lines. Oh, interesting. (laughs) No, that's great. Yeah. So, so I keep making finish line and I compete to get to that finish line. So, you know, one of the greatest marks through my journey is um, I, was, uh, I was competing with myself to get to 50,000 in inventory. I reached that. My next goal was to get to 100,000 in inventory. I reached that. My other goal is one seller actually challenged me to to 30,000 a month who who's the first to get there I got that hmm. so those actually helped me propel in my mind it was competing against something but in the bigger picture my business grew you know the the title I always pick a title and it usually comes to me as we're talking and I've already written it it's setting goals and actually achieving them and that came to me way earlier in this conversation I caught that <laughs> earlier and now to close with that just 
Ooh, gives me the tingles. It means it was meant to be. Ken, man, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I'm, it's a very cool place that you've gotten to. But again, this was by design. This was by effort. You know, remember, this is a several year journey. So break it down then into yeah. segments, set a goal and make sure you can actually achieve it. That's awesome. Hey, thank you so much. I wish you nothing but success. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's a great opportunity to be in your show, Steve. How cool was that guy? How cool was that show? You got to go check it out. Um, out Hustled on YouTube. Hustler Hacks. Um, yes, I have a cough, uh, so you're hearing that in my voice. Um, setting goals and actually achieving them. When's the last time you've done that? When's the last time you set a goal for your business? We have a 2019 plan. I'm nobody special, but we did a budget and we have a plan. And now everything we do is getting measured against that plan. Why? Because we want to achieve it. Man, if we hit that goal, it's a win, right? Um, if we can 10x the goal, that'd be awesome. But that's not our plan. Our plan is to hit the goal. And then that way we can build out the next year, right? And when you look at this in a multi-year uh, facet, it makes it much more manageable. And when the lows hit, and they will hit, you can get past it because you're on plan. You know, eh, it didn't work out, but man, I'm on plan. Okay. So very powerful. I hope you listen to this. I, I'm going to go back and listen to it again. I think there's so much information that Ken drops. And again, just learn the lesson. If there's somebody you want to go hang out with, follow his model, right? He said, copy them. But remember, at, listen to what he says about what he asked, how he asked. That stuff's important too. Ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.